Everybody, we are with you this morning. I don't want to say we're alive. God is alive because God's alive. You and I are alive, right? But we are living. We are living the life God wants us to live. Welcome, everybody. Good morning, Shanita. Good morning. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have your coffee this morning? Absolutely. All right. We're good. I've got yeah. my coffee. And that means Rumble's working, so my... welcome to all our Rumblers. Hey, welcome, Rumblers. Good to have you. Welcome, DavidHeavener.tv. Welcome, uh, YouTube. Welcome, Facebook. Welcome uh, everywhere. All... Twitter. Hey, Twitter. Hey, we got a new one, Twitter. Out there, tweeting. Anyway, I got my coffee here uh, this morning. And uh, like I said, I talk about this a lot, but I'm going to say it again. Because I keep thinking about it. You know, I hear that coffee is a drug and, you know, it's a bad thing. And let me tell you something. Anything made by God, anything made by God that is used uh, in moderation. Okay, now I don't want to hear about growing marijuana. I'm not interested in that conversation at all. Um, anything that is created by God, let me finish it out, used in moderation, used for him and is does not open a door to demonic uh occupation all right and this is where coffee is separated from other types of things that quote uh people say well it's grown naturally uh let me say it again uh created by god owned by god used in moderation, used for God that does not open a door for demonic attack, occupation. Do you agree with that, Shanita? Kind of? I yeah. question being controlled by something. Con Just like you can be controlled by sugar. Oh. And if, if then I'm not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. If All right. I have a compulsion. Good, Good point. Good point. Control. Who controls us, all right? And here's my question. And I have to ask myself this question, ask yourself this question. If God says, give up coffee, I'm using coffee as an example. Uh, God says, do it, would you do it? Would you do it for God? That's the question. It's not just coffee, it's anything. Anything that controls us, in other words, takes the place of God, would you do it. Would you be willing to give it up? We need to ask ourselves that question. And uh, so, so good to be with you guys this morning. Hey, by the way, we are on uh, David Hebner TV. Uh, welcome. We are live. And uh, and if you guys haven't uh, signed up yet to David Hebner TV, go to davidhebner.tv. We got so many uh, shows on there, folks, that exposes uh, the demons, uh, just, I mean, I'm talking things that the church and most um, pastors just refuse to talk about. Uh, please consider becoming a part of our family uh, on David Heavener TV. Go to davidheavener.tv, okay? I love you guys. All right, so Shanita, we have anything going on this morning? We got... Uh, Let's see, Sunshine's with us, Shelly's with us, uh, Denise is with us. I, uh, we've got, uh, we, have a whole, we have a whole group of people here this morning. 
uh, event. Carol, all the way from Alaska. I'd say you're up pretty early. Thank you for being here. Carol from Alaska. That means she's uh, 8, 9, 10, 11. Oh, it's 8 o'clock in the morning there, right? No, I think it's earlier than that. Earlier than 8 o'clock in the morning in Alaska? Wow. Thank you for being here, Carol. God bless you. Scotty's here. Uh, good to have you guys. Uh, I'm here. But the most important thing, God's here. So we're just uh, given some time for people to come in. I have people that tell me, David, I just wasn't able to get in on time for whatever reason. You know how we walk into church late or we always straggle in late or whatever. I wish I could have been there live. There's something about being there live. And I appreciate the downloads and the downloads are so important. Once we, we're not live anymore, the downloads are so important. But folks, there's nothing like being live, being together with you, together with me, with God right now. Do you agree? I want to I want to see it in chat. Can God be here among us as much as he can be? Oh, among a physical uh, congregation, people that meet in person. Can God be just as powerful, just as much here right now with you and I as he can be in a quote, you know, church building? Um, I say he can, but I want to hear your uh, viewpoint. Um, I, you know, I, I, people tell me, Dim, it's great what, what you do because, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, that, that, follow you or they they show up and but but david but it's the but but david don't forsake the fellowship and i say but wait a minute what are we doing right now are we not fellowshipping jesus knew two thousand years ago when we walked the face of the earth that you and i would be here right now he knew this technology would exist he knew that it would be used either for Satan or for him. And this morning, between 11 and 12, uh, 11 a.m. and 12 p.m., or however long it goes, however God, uh, long God deems for it to go, we use it for God. All right? We use it for God. We cast out demons. We heal the sick. We preach the gospel. And I'm believing that we are going to raise the dead. And many times we do raise the dead because there's a lot of deadbeat Christians out there that'll tune in and say, David, I stumbled across this maniac, you, me, and I started listening and I realized that even though I went to church, I really wasn't going to church. I really wasn't learning about God. And this is why we are here. I say, this is just as powerful. I say, this is even more powerful than being in person sometimes because you sit in person, everybody sits in their same area, Pew, Shanita, same uh, spot in the church. And, you know, they come in, they don't talk to people. There's not much that goes on. And then you leave. And you feel like, oh, well, things are great. You know, I just went to church this morning. God's got to love me. God, I put some money in the bank of heaven. Isn't that great? Doesn't quite work that way, folks. All right. God bless you guys. Uh, Over the years, I remember how many times you would encourage us to not sit in the same place every week in church. In fact, I remember a sermon in Central America where you encouraged us to be in the front row. That's right. Uh, I, Shanita said, David, I remember over the years you would encourage us, me and the family, don't sit in the same spot when you go to church. Okay? Don't sit in that same spot. Intentionally move 
because the demons want you to do the same thing over and over again because that way it's easier for them to know where you are, what you're doing, your behavior. When you start doing something different, they have to like pay attention, all right? And then I told my family, I said, don't sit in the back, sit in the front row. Sit in the front row. If someone's delivering God's word, don't you wanna be as close to that delivery as possible? I say sit in the front row. So each and every one of us, you out there, you're sitting in the front row. You're sitting at home, sitting at your work, sitting in your car, but the fact is you're here. And I thank God for you. I'm so thankful that you're, you are our family. Okay, um, let's get into it. I wanna talk about God's perfect plan for your life. Now I want you to listen to me because this is important. God has a perfect plan for your life. Do you hear me? Perfect? Perfect is without blemish. Perfection is God's plan for you. Nothing less than perfection. You say, David, you don't know my life. You, you have no idea what I'm struggling. I didn't say that. I didn't say where you were right now. I didn't say the condition of your life. I said God's perfect plan for you. God has one for you. Before you were born, he had a perfect plan for you, a specific assignment, a commission, a duty for you to do. That's why you were created. But the question is, are you doing it? Am I doing it? David, I, 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 you don't understand what I've been through in my life. I, I, I went through abuse. I, my mom and dad, my mother abandoned me. My, my father never was there. He's an alcoholic. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God's perfect plan. I didn't say that the route to that plan, the, the process would be perfect. I'm saying God's perfect plan, very specific for you. Now, listen to me, folks. It's very important. Too many people want to pray for people, wanting to pray for healing, wanting to cast out demons, but we're not looking at God's perfect plan for our life. Are we where God wants us to be? Because if we're not, we can pray all we want to. We can try to cast out demons. We can try to heal people. But if we're not where God wants us to be, we don't have the power. This morning, God's waking our eyes. I know he opened my eyes and he's opening my eyes as we speak. Holy Spirit is here. Thank you, Lord. David, my family is in chaos. We're separated. We, they, they hate me. My son is now a woman and my daughter is now a man. My husband's an addict. I'm an addict. I've been diagnosed with a terminal disease. How can you talk about God's perfect plan when I'm where I am right now? I'm so far down that I'd have to crawl up to get to the bottom. I know where you are. I've been there. I've done that. But listen to me. God, this morning, right now, is going to deliver you and I with his perfect plan for you, for your life.
It's a forgotten assignment, an abandoned mission. Let's go to Zechariah 2. Zechariah 2, 1 through 5. Please get your Bibles. This is God speaking. These are God's words. God breathed. And Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, that as we read this, that you're going to supernaturally, supernaturally touch each and every mind so we know our perfect plan. Zechariah 2, 1 through 5. Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. Remember this measuring line. I asked, where are you going? He answered me, to measure Jerusalem, to find out how wide and how long it is. Folks, you are Jerusalem. This is, I'm, I'm, you are Jerusalem. You're the apple of God's eye. He's going to measure Jerusalem. Verse three, while the angel who was speaking to me was leaving, another angel came to meet him and said to him, run, tell that young man, you, young woman, young man, me, tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of people and animals in it. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Let's talk about this. Folks, you are Jerusalem. You are the apple of God's eye. These were angels talking to Zechariah, saying they're going to measure Jerusalem. David, what does that mean, measure? In the Bible, it doesn't mean measure how big something is. It means to sketch out a purpose, a plan, a general uh, arrangement, or the rebuilding of it. In this case, I believe it's the rebuilding of, the rebuilding of the purpose God gave you for your life. You had it at one time. God's now, this morning, rebuilding it supernaturally. For those of you that never knew what it was, this is to reveal to you what it is. But let me explain to you. Nothing can be measured, according to scripture, unless it already exists. Your assignment already exists. You just need to see it spiritually because God spoke it into existence before you came onto this earth. It existed when he spoke it. You see, God is the God of speaking forth something which does not exist to the point it does exist. So he spoke your assignment. Specific assignment. But we need to see it spiritually now. We need to see it spiritually. I want to read that last verse again. I myself will be a wall around it. Who? Who is I myself? God. God is a ring of fire around you. He is protection around you. And then it says, I will be the glory within. God is the glory within you. He is the fire within you. So folks, listen to me. You and I, we have two rings of fire. Remember that song? I fell into a burning ring of fire. Johnny Cash, I fell into a burning ring of fire. Hello, everybody. I'm Johnny Cash. 
Yes, you did fall into a burning ring of fire, brother and sister, but it's God's burning fire. He has fire around you for protection. No weapon formed can come against you. Then he has fire inside of you that you burn and you burn those demons and you, you burn them back to hell because of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you and I. So let's summarize this. God has a perfect plan for you. It is perfect. Number two, he is now arranging circumstances, situations for you to carry out that perfect plan. He's doing it right now. Number three, you're going to start seeing it with spiritual eyes. Folks, in these last days, you're going to see things others are not going to see. Trust me on this. I'm seeing things that I know other people do not see. I'm careful that I say anything because I have to go to God and say, God, am I, should I say this? And a lot of times God says, no, this is for you and I, David. So your perfect plan is now being uh, arranged, the circumstances, and you will see things others won't see. Don't go to others for approval because they may not see it. Don't go to people for advice. That's what we've, that's been our mistake before. We go to our family with this idea, with this dream, and they gun us down. We go to our friends and they laugh at us. It's between you and God. Between you and God. You're going to see things that others can't see. And if you say something, they may tell you you're crazy. And yes, you are. You are crazy for the living God. You have a, 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 a wall of fire around you, a wall of fire within you. Shanita, I can't think of anything better than that. To have fire of protection around me and the fire of power of God's power in me. Can you? No, no. Fire purges. Fire purges. So I need that fire to be refined. Fire refines us. Good point. Yeah. Who do we have in chat that's uh, that's uh, out there chiming uh, with us? Anything? I know we've got uh, we have a lot of people. Yeah, we have a question from Scotty, um, and Scotty says. Um, so we have a question from Scotty. And who am I to expose the truth to these people? They don't know what's going on. Where do we start? <laughs> Great question, Scotty. Great question. Okay. First of all, I'm going to give you six steps to freedom that God gave me. I want to share with you. And within these six steps is going to be the answer to the question you asked. Okay. But let me just give you a little nugget to chew on. We do nothing. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals and guides us. It's the power of God that does it. Okay. Uh, so let's not overthink it. I know you're going, David, maybe you should be a politician. You, you didn't quite answer it. I answered the question. The problem is we got to let God do things. We, can, we are not God. All right. But I know, Scotty, what you're asking. I've asked that question a million times. God, how am I supposed to accept? God just says, you just do what I tell you to do. Don't question it. Just do it. Don't analyze it. 
just do it. Okay. Let's go to, uh, I, I, I want to read Deuteronomy 33:25 before we go to the six steps of freedom. The six steps of freedom. Deuteronomy 33:25. Get your Bibles out, folks. Get your phones. Get your iPad. Get your computer or whatever you have. Um, the boats of your gates will be iron and bronze. And your strength will equal your days. Let me explain that. The bolts of your gates, the things that holds the gates on, that locks the gates, will be iron and bronze, meaning it will be supernaturally locked. You'll be protected. Enemy can't get in. You have the strength of God behind you. Now let's go to number two. Your strength will e equal your days. Oh, boy. Shanita, this is a wild one. Wild <laughs> one. Your strength will equal your days. You were always taught what? Well, as your day, so shall your strength be. And so my whole life, I've been giving this promise to people. You know, don't worry if your day just seems overwhelming and more than you can handle because God will strengthen you. But uh, you have a completely uh, fresh perspective so, well so, thank you so well excited. i feel like god gave this to me but i want to share it with you guys so shanita said that she's been sharing with people as your day goes and this day you'll have the strength you need to get by well that's true you will but i want to i want to i want to widen out a little bit this does not say your day it says your days meaning number of days folks the amount of days that you live will equal your strength. Your strength will equal the amount of days that you live, meaning that we all as Christians should just die walking down the street. We should all die and go to the Lord while we're doing our perfect mission that God's given us. This thing about nursing homes, I don't call them nursing homes, I call them cursing homes. Yeah, nursing homes are from hell. Now, don't get me wrong. You have loved ones. I've had loved ones in nursing homes. There are decent people in nursing homes. There are good nurses in nursing homes. There are people that work in nursing homes that may be listening to me. Please understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about a particular home. I'm not talking about the people in the nursing home. I'm talking about the system just like the religious system. God never intended mankind, God's people, his people, to have a nursing home. That's why I call it cursing home. I've sang, at least, we've sang, Shindy, I bet we've sang two, three hundred nursing homes with the kids, you and I. Take the guitar, we sing to the people. They're all bent over in the chairs and they're, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, some of them are 30 and 40 years old. I'll start playing the guitar, we'll start singing. Within two or three weeks, these people start livening up. I saw one lady, she was 98 years old, she needed to get out of her wheelchair and start dancing. The jitterbug! Of course, I was playing gospel songs, I'll fly away, I'll fly away, and she's a Jewish lady. Started flying away, dancing. Folks, listen. You were never intended for a nursing home. You were intended to live your perfect purpose God is giving you. And while you're doing it, God will just take you 
when your days are over because your strength will be with you all of your days. Do you understand? All right. Six steps to freedom. Six steps to freedom. Get a pencil. I want you to write this down. Pen, write this down. Get your computer out. Write it down. By the way, um, if you guys want to know more about my ministry, just go to uh, davidhevener.tv. Okay. We have over 900 videos now, Shanita. And we're going to be going live, have live television um, in a couple of weeks. Right now we have a 24-7 channel, right? Yeah. And if you're not on there, go uh, support us. Go to davidhevener.tv. Sign up. Don't forget about Last Evangelist episode two, folks. It's about the V and the truth and everything with it. You can go and support us and sign up and pray for us and be a donor and help us make this thing, get it out to the people. All right. Six steps to freedom. I'm going to use these. I have been using them. I will continue using them. Write them down. Number one, repent. Well, David, I did repent. I repented and I accepted Christ. Ah, yes. I'm glad you did. I'm glad I did. There may be those out there that haven't. If you haven't this morning, you you can do that right now. We're going to have an altar call, a good old-fashioned altar call if you have not accepted Christ. You can do it right now. But for many of us, it's repentance on a daily basis, sometimes an hour, sometimes every moment. Me, sometimes twice in a moment. Repent. Realize that God has the perfect plan for you and you messed it up. Whoa, David, I smell rubber burning. Realize that God had the perfect plan for you and I and we messed it up. Now, wait a minute. Don't you understand I was abused? Don't you understand that my dad was an alcoholic? Don't you understand we were raised poor? Don't you understand I went to the wrong? Yeah, I understand all that because I went through all that. But let me ask you a question. How many other people can you line up that went through that, but yet they have connected? Maybe not perfectly to God's plan, but they seem to have overcome certain things. Folks, listen, there are horrific things that's happened to people, horrific. And you're going through horrific things. But when I say for us to not cry victim, I mean to look to God and repent for the way we have behaved, no matter what we've gone through, no matter what's happened to us. You say, God, I know I went through this. I don't know why I went through it. I understand it. But I'm repenting. I'm repenting right now for not coming to you, not kneeling to you. I know there's times I should have and I didn't do it. I'm repenting. So the number one is repent, repent, repent. Can't say it enough. Preachers don't preach repent anymore because repent makes people sometimes feel condemned. Don't feel condemned. There is no condemnation in the Lord especially when you repent. 
God, I'm sorry. But repent means to turn away, not just I'm sorry. If you're not willing to change your behavior, if I'm not willing to change my behavior, there is no reason, need to repent. It's just a bunch of words. I don't want to hear I'm sorry from someone if they're not willing to stop doing what they're doing. My kids come to me when they were little, Daddy, I'm sorry. I said, I'm glad you're sorry. And I appreciate you apologizing for hitting your sister. But are you going to stop hitting your sister? Well, yes, until she makes me mad again. I said, well, hang on for a second. Hang on. Don't repent. Repent and say, God, I repent. I am going to change my ways. Am I going to make a mistake? Yes. Am I going to fall? Yes. But I am now under the mindset of the mind of Christ to change my ways. That's number one. Number two, let go and let God. And this goes back to, I think Scotty asked that question. David, how can I tell the truth? We let go and let God. Folks, listen, we ain't God. Once you repent and you're cleansed and you're sanctified, now let it go. People like me with A-type personalities wanting to control. You know, that's why I don't like to fly a plane. Well, I don't like to go through the, the security anymore. and all. It's kind of like the Holocaust reminds me how they herd you through like cattle. But I don't like to get in the plane and get cooped up with a bunch of people and who knows who's flying the plane? I mean, that, like I used to play music, guitar and sing, and I used to play in a uh, club that was for uh, airline attendants and pilots, Shanita. I played music, mm -hmm. secular music back many years ago. And I'm gonna tell you the things I saw going on in that private nightclub with these pilots and the airline attendants, I would not wanna fly in a plane with these people, all right? Now, there's plenty of good ones out there, don't get me wrong. Well, now that the standards have changed for blood testing, right, based on what happened the last few years. Well, what, what do you mean change? Good or bad? Oh, well, no, it's more dangerous. So, well, because yeah. they don't test the blood anymore. They lowered the standards. They lowered the standards they, of testing. They test can't meet the standards if they took the. Yeah. Protocol. Okay. So what she's saying is pilots now can't meet those standards. So what do they do? They just lower the standards. This is what Satan does. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the analogy of me being a control freak. I get on a plane. I don't know who's flying the plane. Let me get in the cockpit and fly the plane. But the problem is when it comes to God, we all want to be the pilot. We want God to be the co-pilot. Folks, God is not a co-pilot. He is a pilot. At best, we're the co-pilot. So you got to let go and let God. David, you don't understand my circumstance. Lean not into your own understanding, folks. Listen to me. We're talking spiritually. This is how you're going to see your perfect plan spiritually if you just let go and let God. David, I don't have any money. God has all the money you need. Somebody gave me a checkbook. This is Bank of Heaven, Shanita. <laughs> Who was it? Thank you, Sunshine. <laughs> Sunshine, Bank of Heaven. But it's true. 
We have all the money we need. Sunshine and Greg, they say you can't outgive God. And I've seen it. I've seen it in their life the past five years. They have given their time, their tithes. I've done it. And God has blessed me a million fold. Yeah, you have some pretty incredible stories. I have incredible stories, you know. Now, he doesn't always bless you in the way you think you need to be blessed. For instance, we could use more money financially for this ministry, but I guarantee you God has blessed me with the power of prayers from you all and from family, you all being a spiritual family and encouragement. I can't tell you how much God has blessed me and how much that means to me. So, but I have to let go and let God. What we're doing here, folks, the devil doesn't want to happen. I got church friends that don't want, don't like what I do because they think I pull people away from their congregation. They think that I'm preaching about things that no longer exist, such as casting out demons and healing people. Okay, number three, don't compare yourself to others. God made a perfect plan for you because he made you perfect. David, you don't see these scars on my face from acne when I was a kid. You don't see that, you know, I'm, I weigh more now than I did when I was 16. You don't see my hair is falling out. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God made you perfect for your perfect plan. Don't you understand? I'll give an example. You ever see an actor on television? I don't know. In the years past, you need even night. You all remember Telly Savalas Kojak? I may be speaking to a younger crowd out there. Um, he was bald. He was bald. But nobody could play Kojak like Telly Savalas. He had to be bald, right? Who else was bald? Think of an actor out there as bald. They couldn't play that character unless they had an imperfection, loss of hair. Look at Humphrey Bogart, dry up, sweetheart. This is gonna be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. What movie was that from? If you guys can guess what movie that was from, Humphrey Bogart, this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship as they walk away. Uh, you're gonna win some present. Humphrey Bogart, the way he talked, dry up, sweetheart. He had this lisp, the way he talked, his teeth. Well, that was because he had denture work that didn't quite work out the way it should have, and he had this list. But without that imperfection, he would not have perfected the role of Humphrey Bogart, these characters he played. Now, I'm not saying he's a Christian, so where I'm going with this. But God uses imperfection to carry out perfection. That's how he uses us, because we are imperfect to carry out his perfect plan, don't you see? Don't compare yourself with others. Don't look at Hollywood. Don't look at beautiful women, good looking guys up there and say, I could never be like, good. I'm glad you can't be like that. Don't look at these preachers up on, you know, the stage and, and want to be like, good. I'm glad you can't be like them. Don't look at those musicians. That, I, I'm glad you can't. God made you to be you. And if you will just be you, I guarantee you, there'll be people down the road in future generations that will look at you and go, I want to be like that person. So don't follow anybody. 
Don't model yourself after anybody. Model yourself after God. All right? Number four, do it. Just do it. Remember talking to my friend Martin Landau, actor has been a lot of, was in my movies. He's gone, he's passed on now. But I sat with him in Cantor's a restaurant in Hollywood. I said, what's the difference between an actor who makes it and an actor who doesn't? He said, the difference is one actor tries to do it, the other actor doesn't. Folks, don't try to do anything, just do it. Faith without works is dead. David, I've got to wait for the right moment. Don't you understand? It's timing. Ah, get out of here. It's not about your timing. It's about God's timing. God has timing. And don't try to guess God's timing. God has a purpose. He's got timing. You just have to do it. That's another part of Scotty's uh, question. How do, how do we tell the truth? We do it under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. All right, that was number four. Number five, after you do it, give God the glory. Give God the credit. Praise God. And I don't mean just in church. Most of us wait till we get to church and, oh, now I can praise God. Really? You have to walk into a church or you have to be among other people to praise. Is that, is that the way it goes? Like, like praise doesn't mean anything unless other people see us praising. No. You praise God in the morning when you wake up. Praise God when you go to bed throughout the day. Praise him on the street. Walk around the neighborhood. And I said this a couple of shows ago. If you want to be crazy for Christ, walk around your neighborhood with your hands in the air and shout out loud, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this day. You are an amazing God. I thank you. Walk around your neighborhood. David, I can't do that. That's rather stupid. People will think I'm, really? People will think you're crazy? Well, what about when you go to that baseball game or football game or soccer game. Last night, uh, uh, the, the, my son played soccer and his team scored a goal. My wife's sitting right in back of me. Her mouth is about three inches from my ear and she screams when they make that goal. I heard the, 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 the loudest scream in the world. I couldn't hear, my ears were ringing. And I thought to myself, my goodness, When's the last time I heard my wife scream like that in church or scream like that about God? <laughs> I'm not making fun of you, but we're all like this, okay? But we're all reserved until our favorite team wins or, you know, we get accepted to something at college or, uh, you know, something great happens with our kids or, uh, you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> we won the lottery, which I haven't won. We, 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 we yell, right? Why do we yell and think it's okay when we yell? Well, there's two reasons. Number one is we don't care. The thing that we win supersedes the, uh, uh, the, the thought of being embarrassed in front of people. The thing that we win supersedes the caring of, of what other people think. Well, put God in the same place. 
The love of God, the praise of God, the wanting of God, the loving of God supersedes any type feeling that you and I have for what other people care or think about us. We put God first. Give God the glory. Give God the credit. I make movies. If I can't pay people enough money, they come to me and they say, can I have credit? I said, yes, I'm giving you credit on this movie. God wants credit in your life. He wants to see his name in your movie dedicated to the one I love, Jesus Christ. All right, number six. Repeat the past five steps. That's the sixth step. Repeat the above five. May I have all five together? Yes, let's have five together. Number one, repent. Repent. When you repent, there will be restoration. But repent means to turn away from, do not do it again. Now, it doesn't mean you won't stumble, but God knows your heart. He knows that you're trying. So repent. Number two, let go and let God. You're not God. I'm not God. Let him do what he's got to do. Don't depend on your circumstances. Number three, don't compare yourself to other people. God has a perfect plan for you. God does not make junk. God makes gems, and you are a gem. Number four, just do it. Just do it. Don't think about it. Do it. Don't time it out. Don't contemplate it. Don't analyze it. Do it. Number five, give God the credit. Give God the glory. Because when you do that, that will send you right back around to step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. But if you fail to give God the glory, if we fail to give God the credit, it will disable our ability to repent. Because the only way you can repent is when you realize that God is God and you're not. This is why in these last days, people have turned away from the faith because they've chosen a counterfeit God. Why? Because they will not repent. Bible talks about this. So they will create their own false gods, teachers that will tickle their ears. We don't do that here. God, God is the center of everything. He's my beginning, he's my middle, he's my end. So we give God the credit. We don't share the credit with God. We don't give the credit to anyone except God. God will credit people. We don't need to credit people with things. I don't mean you can't uh, pat people on the head and give them that. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can't let people think that they are the ones that accomplished it. Folks, we prayed for someone to be healed. They got healed. It wasn't because the person who prayed for them, that was the power of God. We give God the credit. We lift God up. Then we can repent and start over again. All right, Shanita. 
I'm excited about these uh, six steps that God has given us. And, uh, yeah, I feel like when you mentioned forfeiting the ability to repent, I mean, that's pretty key. That's pretty significant. Yeah, when we um, forfeit the ability to repent. You see, folks, repentance is a blessing. Mm -hmm. When we have a, a consciousness of needing to repent, you need to thank God for that because there's many people out there that don't have that consciousness. They will never repent. They will die and go to hell. They will spend eternity separated from God. <laughs> but you, you David, I, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm, I, I get on my face and I cry out to God. You are blessed. Do you understand that consciousness of repentance, that that is a gift from God? But the moment we stop giving God the credit will be the moment we're in danger of not repenting anymore because if we don't give God the credit of who God is, why would we repent? Because we make ourselves God. Folks, you have a perfect plan. I'm believing this morning, this perfect plan has been rejuvenated restored, rearranged so that it can be implemented. I believe that you guys are going to start seeing spiritually things that other people don't see. I want to know if you have seen things spiritually that perhaps other people haven't seen. Put that in chat. Let me know, Shanita, if anybody mm -hmm. says. And if you haven't, expect it. It's going to happen, folks. There's going to be great signs and wonders. That's what scripture says. It'll come from Satan, but it's also going to come from God's people. But the way the signs and wonders are going to happen is the supernatural will invade the natural realm and people will go, wow, that's a sign and that's a wonder. But it's only going to happen when you start seeing spiritually and you will see things other people will not see. Or let me, let me rephrase that. You'll see things perhaps other people will refuse to see. Okay? It's called rebellion. People can't see spiritually. As many people in churches now, going to churches all over the world this morning, they're not going to see spiritually because they refuse to turn away from religion. They refuse to turn away from the demons of tradition, religion, and denomination. But once they turn away from that and they break away and they come and join us and others out there that are speaking truth, they will start seeing things supernaturally. So when you pray for your family and for your friends, I want you to start thinking about seeing supernaturally. Maybe pray, say, God, my family's not saved. You know that, Lord. But could they somehow see supernaturally? Could you give them a vision? You'd be surprised. Your brother, your sister, your mother, your father calls you and says, I just saw something that I can't explain. And then you can start talking about God. But you see, folks, right now, there's many of us, myself included, that have realized that we've kept things from God, that we've held on to things, that we, we've not surrendered, that we've not repented the way we need to. 
Maybe we repented last Sunday, but we forgot to repent this week. This morning, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to come in and give us a heart, a heart of repentance and the knowledge and understanding of what it is we need to lay at the, at the feet of Jesus, at the throne. Perhaps it's unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, fear, anxiety. Don't expect someone to come along and do a deliverance on you. Right now, you can lay that anxiety, that fear, at the feet of Jesus, at the throne. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. You're saying, Lord, I'm surrendering it all. Take it, take it from me. Purge me, Lord. I don't want this anymore. I give it to you and I will not take it back. Forgive me for not letting you be God. Oh, to Jesus I surrender. Make me Savior, holy night. Let me feel thy Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. I surrender all. We surrender, Lord, this morning. I we surrender as tears come down our face. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. I believe there's young people out there listening this morning. God's speaking to you. And he's telling you that you've been going down the wrong path. You've been running with the wrong crowd. Right now, young person, your life can be changed. I want you right where you are. Whether you're just now giving your life to the Lord or you're rededicating your life to the Lord, right where you are, you get on your knees. You may be by yourself, you may have others around you, it doesn't matter. Get on your knees. We bow before you, Lord, on our knees, and we surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender my addiction, Lord. I surrender all. I surrender my affliction. Oh, to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Oh, to Jesus, I surrender. I will ever trust Him. 
surrendering my unbelief and I'm asking you to give me the power of the Holy Spirit to do what it is you called me to do. Father, I surrender my unforgiveness to my family, how they've hurt me. I surrender that. I don't want it anymore. Lord, I surrender the fact that I have tried to play God. I've tried to analyze. I've looked at my circumstances. I didn't trust you and depend on you. I surrender that. God, give me one more chance. I won't fail you, for I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender my life. I surrender, I surrender my job, my career, all to be my blessed Savior, I surrender Perhaps you're giving your life to the Lord for the first time this morning. You say, God, I know you sent your son to die for me on the cross. And I know the only way to heaven, the only way to you, is to accept the Lord Jesus and the Father. I'm accepting them now. I will do my best to always follow. Perhaps you're on your knees saying, Lord, I failed you. I have backslidden. I've been so far away from you and I didn't even know it. I'm coming back, Lord. Congratulations. The prodigal son, the prodigal daughter has arrived because you've surrendered up. Let's sing it one last time. Lord, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all, oh, Lord, I surrender, I surrender all. We've got some prayer requests this morning. Lord, we come before you with these requests, believing that you're going to answer them. One of the first requests is, um, I think Coach Dave's grandson went to the hospital and he was injured in a car accident that we 
that we pray for perfect, for perfect healing. And Lord, whoever was behind the wheel, please remove their guilt. Take away their shame and their torment. Everyone makes mistakes, Lord. We thank you for the healing of this young child. Because I believe you have a perfect plan for this boy in his life. She needed one of the prayer requests we have. For Eve and Mark, for Greg, Victoria, and for the rest that are coming in, we'll cover those tomorrow and Tuesday night. So thank you very much for sharing your request with us. That means a lot. You just keep those prayer requests coming in. Are they coming in via chat, Shanita? Yes. Go ahead and just read them out as they come in. Go ahead. Lord, we lift these names up to you. Shanita, if you could say them as loud as possible so everyone could hear. Alex. God, this is your hospital. We come in with a disease, with an illness, with torment, with anguish, and we're believing that we're going to be healed because you're the great physician. With each and every prayer request. So every name that Shanita mentioned and those that are sending in your prayer requests, just because we're not able to speak your name, don't think one second God doesn't know who you are. He does. I thank you, Lord, for loving us. I thank you for each and every person that shared the request and each and every person that did not. Maybe because they didn't have a chance to or they're too embarrassed. Thank you, Lord, for the ones you brought into your kingdom this morning, put into the book of life. I thank you for those, for those souls. I thank you, Lord, for the ones that you called back. The prodigal sons, the prodigal daughters, the ones that have turned away, but now they've turned back to you. Thank you, God, for being a God of second chances. God, I lay before you my sins of jealousy, my sins of unforgiveness, my sins of anger, my sins of fear. That God search my heart for any addictions that I might have that are not coming to the surface right now. Anything that supersedes my want, my love, my desire for you. Bring that forth, Lord. I repent. I give it to you. In Jesus' name, we surrender all. Sing it with me one more time. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to be my blessed Savior. I surrender. I 
I love you all. I appreciate you all. God bless you all. I tell you, I couldn't make it without God, without you. Um, each week that goes by that we're together, I leave here so rejuvenated, so inspired, so lifted up um, because we lift God up. And I just want to tell you that I'm so honored to be a part of your life. And I hope that you might feel the same about us um, because we honor God and you truly are. Don't you ever think you don't have a family because no matter what you're going through, you can always email us and ask for prayer. And you've got hundreds of people praying for you. You can just go to David at davidheavener.tv or admin at davidheavener.tv. Uh, we're with you every Monday night, 7 p.m. Uh, please go to davidheavener.tv and sign up. Would you consider being a partner, please? Um, also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, uh, donate, uh, whether it's one-time gift or monthly, we really desperately uh, need your help. TV forward slash give, or you can call Shanita at 844-806-0006, or just text the word chosen to 91999. Um, we have plenty of things that we can give you to help you, strengthen you. I want to give you these uh DVDs, eight hours of footage, on just amazing stuff, and um, topics we talk about. That's Last Evangelist, episode one. And I want to get you guys these books, okay? I ordered a bunch more, so I want to get them out to people. Maybe you have one, but maybe you'd like to order one. Um, just contact us, and we want to get those into your hands. Okay. I love you guys. I appreciate you all. Pray for us on episode two of Last Evangelist. We've had a lot of demonic attacks. Uh, you can go to lastevangelist.com to get more information. All right. I love you all. Thank you, Shanita. We love you. God bless you all. You never really lived till you found someone worth dying for. That's Jesus Christ.